Welcome to First and Fifteen, the show that takes you around the UK flag football scene. Sponsored by Nuola, your customised sportswear supplier. Hello and welcome to the First and Fifteen podcast, Southern Region Coverage. My name is Jay Ballamy and I'm joined by our regular panellist, Lewis Phillips. Hello there. Gareth Price. Hi. Ryan Homalone McEveney. Hello. And Luke Warm Champion. What's up, guys? Boys, how are we doing? We've uh, we've had a long, long break. Apologies for our, our many listeners. I received literally tens of messages um, asking <laughs> me where the pods was. So uh, we do apologise for our hiatus. But we're back. So, boys, how are we? Yeah, well, very good. We've had a very yeah. couple of weeks. I feel <laughs> very happy with the results. So can't no complaints from me. Yeah, miss miss chatting with you guys. Lovely to see you the past weekend. Uh, but otherwise, I am riding a high from this very busy weekend. I feel um, like I feel like we need a studio if we're going to ask all of us at once how yeah. we're all doing. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should have maybe I should have put an order out there because there is five of us now. It's got a it's a busy little room, isn't it? Yeah, it's growing, it's growing. But from my side, we're definitely taking a, a break from the podcast. I know the fans, uh, particularly Connor Maynard's, a bit upset with us there. But um, yeah, for my for my own part, I've been I've not been busy podcasting, but I've been busy uh, been busy flagging with uh, King Bowl and Sport Munder and. So on and so forth. So I'm up to my eyeballs and flag right now, which means I should have some good analysis, but I don't. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, like you said, so because we've got the two weeks to cover, I should just explain for our listeners how we're going to do this. We're going to we're going to pick out some some good games from what was the Premiership Week One and Division Week Two, and do that in one big sweep. And then we're going to go around what is the Premiership Week Two again, picking out some of the games we think are the most interesting, and then Division One Week Three. Um, so, guys, are we ready to start? Let's get it on. Nice one. Cool. So, Luke, we're going to come over to you first. So, the games you picked out as interesting. So, the first one was Smoke versus VPP. Uh, and we had the score at 78 to 25 to the Smoke. Yeah, man. I think I think this was a really exciting game. It was my first uh, Baffer game. So, I mean, I was I was buzzing to be there. Um, atmosphere was great. I uh, had a couple of people watching as well, which always brings a, a little bit of hype to yourself. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, from our side, obviously with the 78 points, um, to be honest with you, I don't really know what a lot is here, but I remember on our bold predictions that 70 plus was pretty big. So uh, we were feeling pretty good about that one. And, you know, it, it was just very efficiently run from us. And I actually, something for the, for the listeners out there, learned something whilst I was there, which is that some of these games where they get quite high scores, because there are so many drives, if you're both scoring quickly, the score ratchets up like crazy fast and actually they kind of you kind of egg each other on basically the score so it was very very interesting from that perspective and a lot of respect to vpp um they've definitely got some guys they took some deep shots which worked out for them really impressed i don't know the names of people yet i know we uh, previously mentioned that most of us are nerdy here to know who everyone is on each team but for my own part i don't but but really really impressed with some of the things they pulled off and i think they had an exciting little playbook they were able to pull out I think the key question from me, really, at being a non um, non London based person, is what sort of you know in terms of in terms of general numbers, what what how big was the VPP squad that turned up? Oh, good question. I wasn't I wasn't checking them out too much. Uh, I think they definitely had five on O and five on D. So I'm going to say <laughs> around around ten full bodies, but don't don't quote me on that. It's a good, it's a very good question. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, that you know, I get paid literally nothing to ask good questions, so. Uh... <laughs> I'm no getting paid nothing there. to answer them. So. <laughs> and that's the level we're at, ladies and gentlemen. Cool. Okay. Any other questions to ask Luke on uh, Smoke VPP? 
Oh, cool. Oh. All right. We'll move on then. Uh, <laughs> so, the next game you brought out was Smoke Rebels, uh, and this was a win for the Smoke 55-24. Yeah, I mean, first of all, let me let me say something about the Rebels. I mean, I was I was told about them before, and I think I think they were um, serious ballers, to be honest with you. I think some of you guys mentioned uh, some of their preseason stuff, where I don't know whether their their full squad turned up or whatever, but I was thoroughly impressed with them. They're like a very well run offense. Um, you know, defending against them was definitely definitely a challenge. Um, they've also got some big guys. They've got a tall fella. I think it's number ten. Uh, I think his name's Luke because I kept looking over every time they said his name, and that's because my name. So there's a bit of a confusion there. Uh, always throws you off a little bit, but he he was doing fantastic. Able to get up there. Saw him catch some really great catches. Another guy. All I know about him is that he wears goggles. Um, that, that's that's the most. I've not seen the goggle look before in flag football. It was news to me. I thought that was more of a kind of like squash thing but I think I think he pulled him off really well but not only that he brought in some really nice catches and and seemed to be an astounding uh receiver as well I've also got a little bit of something something that I need some help from you guys um for which is on our side of the ball we had an extremely impressive performance by one defender who was able to reel in three interceptions on the day which is in that just that one game sorry right so massive performance from one person on defense right especially in a game that i think you know i don't think the flag games were all that long right so to do that i think is thoroughly impressive um the problem is right i've been wanting to give him a nickname and i have literally been i i, I do not exaggerate this been mulling this over for a month right and I want to give him a nickname that like captures captures the <laughs> excellence of this of this performance he had. So his name is Chris Gorman, right? And you're going to be hearing a lot about him, I'm sure in the future if he carries on with performances like this. I, where do you go with that? What nickname do you give someone called Chris Gorman? So little work works. works Stormin', Stormin Gorman. Stormin Gorman. Oh my days! I wish I could. Right that. in front of you there. Yeah. It's right, Stormin Gorman. It's a layup. Right, well, Mine was uh, mine was Chris Gourmet because he's cooking up wins, but I, <laughs> I think yours is a lot better. So let's go with that. Storm and Gorman um, coming in with the big uh, three interceptions, which I think seriously helped us that win. So big credit to him, Lewis. I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot slightly to you. Three interceptions by well, one player. Not, is that, not, is if that you, a lot? not if you not if you're playing me, mate. That's pretty standard. Okay, cool. <laughs> bit, of, bit of foreshadowing there. You know, Craig, just average. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, Storming Gorman, excellent performance there and great shout out, Luke. Um, so in terms of the smoke offense then, because you talked a lot about the defense, obviously mm-hmm. I understand that's your side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, break a sweat or just sort of business as usual? Um, I mean, <laughs> business as usual, break a sweat. Um, it's a good question. I've played so little offense that I, I wouldn't even really be able to tell if a team is like breaking a sweat per se. I think... If, if I'm being really honest, going up in the VPP game, once you're up by a few scores, I think you do, you know, you can take it a bit more easy. But, you know, we're, we're there to give everyone a good game. So um, I'd say in between business as usual and breaking a sweat, let's say, we were game ready. And I think I think they just put in a, a performance they can be proud of. Here's a question that will uh, that'll determine whether you broke a sweat or not. So having played against the Smoke offense in various different tournaments like Ironman, when they do mm-hmm. get up on the score, I've noticed that they, in order to specifically in order to avoid breaking a sweat, they tend to just go to, oh, we'll just send one bloke on a go and you can <laughs> five-on-one defend him and we'll see if he comes down with it. And he usually does. So was there any of that going on? Any of that shenanigans? Hey, it's another one of your good questions that you're not paid to ask. Um, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't think so, uh, as I recall, because, again, I think, you know, I think the same with, with all you guys. I think when you turn up to play two games, you want to all put in 
you know, a, a big performance and you're not really trying to spare your legs so much. So I don't think so. But again, if, if I was informed we did, that would not surprise me. So an accurate representation. There's somewhere between being quite relaxed and also slightly focused at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't know what you call that. Um... London smoke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Efficient. That's what I'm going to call it. Game face. Game day ready. Game day ready. Very good. That cool. Okay. Nice. I just panic. <laughs> <laughs> it's more foreshadowing viewers. <laughs> cool. We'll move on then to uh, week one of the Premiership West. So, uh, Gareth, Sharks versus Supers is the first game you pulled out. And we had this down as a Sharks 38 to 24 win. Yeah, so uh, you know, we we went into this game, I think, hoping that the the supers would be, you know, after after having played them last year, that would be a a good, comfortable start for the season for us. And uh, the supers came out the gate, and by half time were two and a bit scores up, um, and we were not best pleased with how things went in the first half. They were very, very good. Um, highlight was definitely. Uh, Nick Keys length of the field. Nick Matt Keys, not Nick Keys. Nick Keys can't throw the length of the field. I said it. <laughs> Matt Keys <laughs> length of the field throws uh, to Sam Matthews. It was just a perfect rainbow that went end zone to end zone. Great speed by Sam to get it. Um, and then the second half, it really the the game really turned on a on a pick six by Shorty, um, which was followed up by. Um, on the very next driver, a safety by Craig Brown. And and that really swung the momentum um, and allowed the Sharks to get back into it and eventually run out winners. But uh, quite the scare in the first game for the Sharks. It's interesting. Do you have any insight as to what that slow start was caused by? Western playing really well. Oh right, okay, right. It's, yeah. it's not. It's not a case of. Uh, it's not a case of taking it too lightly. Then we think West have come out the blocks. There, there were a couple of there were a couple of interceptions thrown, but but Western then made the most of it. It wasn't you know other than the one, the one busted coverage where Sam um, Sam ran his sort of length of the pitch touchdown. It was very much sort of they they grinded out the inches and uh, and were were very efficient. Um, but the second half, not so much. We got more of a handle on on the offense and uh, and stopped throwing picks, and and that re- it really swung on the on the pick six, followed immediately by the safety. So, in your expert opinion, then Gareth, and I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like it was a very conclusive game last year when you played them. It was definitely no. a shark swim, but it wasn't like a blowout. Um, is that has there been progress from the supers over the over the course of the winter to get ready for the Premiership season, or do you think it's well, more the, of the same? Where, the where, where are they? The supers had a very small squad uh, in that first game day. I think there were only five of them, so they flagged. Pun not intended. As as the day wore on, um, oh, that was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the word I was going to go for, I, I didn't want it to. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Um, the, the five players who were there acquitted themselves really well, but I, I think you know it's it was very different to the second game day where they had where they had a big squad being the home game. It's it's going to depend on whether they get the numbers to other game days. They've got the talent to compete with teams in this league, but um, you know five people is is difficult at Premier League level to uh, to sort of survive an entire game day. Any notable notable omissions? I would say it was probably 
there. I'm struggling to remember who wasn't there. If I'm so, I'm, I think, like the the names that I always spring to mind. Frost was... wasn't there. I think. Yeah, that's a big one. I think it was Matt Keys, Sam, uh, one of the Hansfords, Gareth Brock, and I can't remember who the fifth was. But do I we think... know if is 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 Jacob still with the team and and like available, injured? Or... I'm, afra- I'm afraid I don't know. Did you did you speak to them at all? Did you interact? You well, know, you go Jay, over and say. Were hi. you actually there? <laughs> Jay, has, Jay has made it very difficult for me to interact with the supers because of this sort of play acting that I don't get on with Matt Keys or Nick Keys or Mac, uh, whoever. <laughs> One of the keys. <laughs> You're not helping your case there, mate. Um, <laughs> it was it was a busy game day. Sorry. <laughs> No problem at all. I'll uh, I'll save you, Gareth, and we'll move on to your next game that you Thanks. picked out. So, um, so Hurricanes Titans, and we had this down as a twenty-seven to thirteen win to Hurricanes. Um, this was this was a really really good game, um, and these two teams are just packed with talent. Um, and the Hurricanes found it a little bit tricky to navigate the Titans' defense. Um, they've got some some really competitive. And solid defensive players, and I think it's I think it's Ollie Holmes who runs the defense. He's done a fantastic job. Um, you know, they they gave as good as they got with Cardiff, and uh, it was only very late in the game that Cardiff were able to to pull away. Um, was a, a particular highlight was a, a great touchdown catch by Ollie Tibbles in the in the corner of the end zone. I think at that time it brought it back to about fourteen thirteen. Um, but yeah, Joe Cottrell throughout the entire game day was just on fire. Um, he could barely put a foot wrong. And, uh, you know, on the odd occasion that he wasn't 100% certain where to throw it, he sort of flung it downfield in the general direction of Costas. And that usually seemed to work out quite well for them. Um, Chris Jones... Smoke all about that. Yeah, Chris Jones is, is <laughs> well well aware, um, sorry, he's well um, deserving of his GB Silver status now. He has, he's improved so much since I was at the Hurricanes. Um, just a, a, such a, an offensive weapon. Um, yeah, they, they were really, really good all day, the Hurricanes, but the Titans gave them a good scare in that one. So I wasn't too far off of my bold prediction that they might actually win that game, but um, alas... I've been I've been shown the dominance of Cardiff once again. The Titans are capable of beating the Hurricanes. They have they have no more opportunities to do so this year, but there will come a time. Brilliant. Okay, we will move on then to uh, week two of Division One East action. Um, although I think for week two it was all cross conference anyway. So Home Alone, you've just picked out some of your favourites from uh, from the games. Um, and you are going to start with uh, Sharks B versus Salisbury, which was 27-26. And I've got a feeling we might be hearing from a bit of a candid Gareth. I think you will be. Um, if any of you out there in Div 1 have played the Sharks over the years, you'll be very, let's say, traumatised by what I'm about to say. Salisbury, <laughs> what what are you doing? You, they were leading with not very long left on the clock and you run a toss and you bobble it up into the hands of the Sharks Blitzer. I'd seen it happen many times before on my own end. And I just, I was disappointed Salisbury. What are you doing? The Sharks then scored a touchdown with very, I think it was to end the game. Um, 
so they won 27-26, but I couldn't help but just feel like I'd been there, seen it and done it all before. Yeah, I, I, it's almost, it's my Vietnam, this. Um, <laughs> I think it's the reality of the situation. So many opportunities to make the Sharks lose games, and yet they always manage, really, to piss the other team off. Um, I don't know whether it's through skill or whether through just living rent-free in most people's heads. Um, Gareth, I'll come to you for the insight. I mean, I think I think Home Alone pretty well covered it. Salisbury started very well in that one. Um, we threw way too many interceptions in the first half. Um, Salisbury got out to a good lead. We came back in the second half, which was deserved. Um, Salisbury got the ball with, I think, I think if they knelt it out, we would have had maybe five seconds left to go the length of the field. Um, they ran the first play. Second play was an incompletion, stopped the clock. Third play bobbled into the, the grateful hands of of Ben Shaw, who who instead of running it in for a, his first ever touchdown, turned round and had a conversation with the uh, the player who bobbled it. Um, but four four plays from seven yards, there was no way Josh wasn't going to find someone in the end zone, and uh, and then it was a really really good pass to our to our rookie Sam Ford for the uh, for the extra point um, that won the game. So uh, I'm afraid they were the architects of their own destruction, Salisbury. Join the club. Ah, yeah, just another... It's, a, uh... it's an initiation in Div 1. <laughs> <laughs> just Join another the... name on the wall, isn't it, for the Sharks? Join the Chichester Sharks didn't... trauma therapy group. That is, a, uh, that is a big help group at this rate. <laughs> we meet every Friday, Salisbury. Come join. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about Finland over and over again. Um, anyway... Uh, next game then. So, uh, Devils 44, Falcons 19, Home Alone. Um, I, uh, I obviously ref this game, so I might actually say something about this, but go ahead. Yeah, so um, contrary to the final score, the um, Falcons did keep this very tight for a, quite a long portion of the game. Um, I think they took the lead just after the half um, to go 19-18 up. Um but then I think the Devils just kicked it into another gear, um, really stepped it up. I think we had in quite a couple interceptions from James Hegarty, returned one for a score. Yeah, um, yeah I think it was an amazing one-handed catch. Um, very was... very assisted by brand new gloves, I must admit. <laughs> that was the turning point, I think. we were. It was like fourth and half a yard basically, and, and Reading were the way that their defence was set up were clearly like, okay, you can have you can have this first down. They weren't like they weren't pressed up on us. They weren't, you know, squeezing it and trying to really, really trying to defend that that one yard. And I, I got greedy and uh, I, I could easily have just pitched it forward to, to Paddy for that for that yard. But I thought, you know what, I'll try it and try and go a little bit deeper downfield. Hegarty was moving from his right to his left. Um, and I tried to throw it, and he just stuck a palm out. That the ball actually stuck to it, and then he just took off, and he got got the angle and the speed on me. And I think that was the turning point of the game. Then that picks it. We, I'd thrown an interception to him earlier in the game, but I think we managed to recover from that one. Um, yeah, but, I'd say your game plan was being executed very well. Yeah, uh, um, but that point that but pick that... six kind of took the wind out of our defense a little bit. And I think on the following, uh, I'm not sure we did anything on on the following drive. Um, at least we didn't turn it over, but by that point, the wind was taken out of the defence a little bit 
and um, and I think he went for a big deep pass, bit of a blown coverage, and JT got behind the defense, and then we were two scores down and couldn't recover, and everything just capitulated after that. And uh, from my perspective as a ref, it wasn't a quiet game, was it, boys? I don't know what you mean. I, I'd say it was very well uh, well balanced from the two teams. And it was, no yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what you're talking about. It was, it, was a lot, it was a lot cleaner and a lot quieter than the last time we met in... Uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. I, 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 admittedly, it was better than the last time you met. I think if you were a couple, you'd still be going to some counselling, but you wouldn't be <laughs> Uh, That's my therapy session after uh, the Sharks. Yeah, what does flag football do to us all? Um, yeah, no, it wasn't uh, wasn't as bad as it could be, but definitely some zingers in there. Anyway, <laughs> we'll move on. Wolves thirty four, Swansea twenty four. Yes, this was a really um, close game. I went up on the Saturday to watch this um, with the Renegades hosting that game, um, and it was back and forth for a long period of the game. Um, I can't remember the exact details in the end, but the Wolves did come out 10-point um, winners, which I, I'd say on the balance of things was deserved, but Swansea put up a really good fight um, against a team that I don't think up to that point had conceded. Um, so they did a really good showing of themselves, which does come on a bit later as well. But yeah, the Wolves ran out semi-comfortable winners, um, but I think well-deserved. I guess my initial question from this, and, and, and I'm, I'm taking it with a pinch of salt here, because Swansea, from my knowledge on this game day, had no Coop, no Harley, and I know they were missing a few other weapons. There's no disrespect to the guys they did take, but um, they weren't at what we would call their strongest, um, or they did have Ash. Are we, and, and I'm looking at the guys that have played the Wolves or have been, have been to see them, because I've not seen them yet this season, are we buying the Wolves? Do we think that they are this, and they're 5-1 and one now in the year? Um, are we buying this? They are one of the teams that's going to be in the hunt for promotion at the end of the year, or do we think there's a lot of flag football left to play and we're still on the fence? For uh... me, having seen them um, a couple more game days, I, I think promotion um, is definitely in their capabilities for sure. Yeah. I think they've got the capability to score um, as many points as needed. Um, Callum's running that defence really well. Obviously they had, was it two or three shutouts to start the year. So promotion will definitely be in their um, eyes. And I'll come on to the game against the Flash in a bit. But I definitely think they're a team that can easily compete for promotion. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, Bucks were one of those ones that at the beginning of the year we said not, I wasn't really sure too much about them. Then they came out and put those two shutouts and I fully committed to the bandwagon. And uh, I'm, I'm not off it yet, I think. The beginning of the year, we kind of didn't know much about. I didn't know much about Bucks. This is all me personally. I didn't know much about Bucks. Didn't know much about Flash, and pretty much gave the Devils the division, um, you know, from the off. Uh, and then, of course, we know we all know what happened. Flash have come out. Flash have come out of the gates, and Bucks have come out of the gates, and suddenly that Southeast is is actually looking really competitive in those top three spots. It'll be really interesting to see how it all shakes out. Am I right in saying that the Devils play Wolves uh, next time out as well? No, next time out is cross conference. It's the one after. Ah, of course it is. Of course it is. Fine, fine. So we've got, we've still got two Devils Wolves games to go, and another Flash Wolves game as well, and another Devils Flash game as well, and another Devils Flash game. Okay, so it's all, it's all really still quite open in that division. But given that you're right, Lewis, we all said, oh, it was just the Devils will just run away with it. Uh, Not so much anymore. No, for sure. Cool. Okay. 
Uh, let's move on then. So, Lewis, for the West, you'd also picked out Sharks versus Marauders. Anything additional to say on that from the Marauders' point of view as a West representative? No, I don't think so. Uh, I, I, not, nothing that we've we've um, not already covered. I think, yeah, we're just going to mention how kind of you had the game and just got to close it out. And I think that's just one of those things that comes with experience is, is learning how to just close out a game and, uh, and finish, which is something that the Sharks have been doing for many, many years, you know, despite it being maybe a, a new B team. So a lot of rookies in there. There's you know, good coaching staff and they know how to, they know how to close out games. Um, yeah, sucks. Sorry, Marauders. Learn from it. Absolutely. But yeah, we've, uh, we've pretty much covered everything in that game. Cool. Okay, I'll move you on to your next one then. So Hammerheads 75, Renegades 33. Yeah, not much to talk about in this one. Obviously, big, big old beatdown. Um, mainly just a, a, a bit of a round of applause for Swansea. 75 points. This is a team that, you know, not so not too long ago was getting hammered themselves 90 to nil and, and you know, stick with it and keep keep recruiting you keep practicing you keep learning you keep getting better and suddenly you're putting 75 points up and uh, and as we've said no coop no uh, no alex no harley these are the, the kind of names that we've put we've picked out before as being superstars for that team and studs and they didn't have any of them on that day um and you know in in this sport you always say it's, it's the next man up and jack wright is the next man up and, and he had a phenomenal game and a phenomenal day on the whole. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's credit to credit to Swansea. It's it's difficult in those early years, isn't it? When you you don't have the squad depth you want, and you're you're getting smacked around, and, and possibly Renegades are getting that right now. Um, and, and you know, not to prelude because I know it's not one of the games we're going to talk about because obviously they're on the end of a 104 nil beating by the Devils. Um, so Renegades, you can see where it can go. Swansea, were you, let's say, five years ago? Um, just it's all about that sticking with it and, and congrats yeah to Swansea for, for sticking out such a result like that I mean Ash, of course oh, go Ash, sorry Ash just Ash Lewis in it was it, it was superb um, one of the one of the lads on defense I think had had four interceptions and uh, their blitzer got a safety and turned around and told me that I had to mention it on the podcast but I can't for the life of me remember his name it categorically wasn't David Camp but couldn't tell you who it was <laughs> Excellent shout out, big big up, big up. I do have to give a, a shout out actually to David Camps as well because he he very kindly wrote me a um, a very detailed look at week two for um, the cross conference game on the basis that none of us were going to be there, and then obviously we didn't do a show, so I've not used it. Um, but yeah, thanks thanks David for your uh, for your efforts there. It was appreciated, um, and uh, your your check for no pounds will be in the mail. <laughs> um. And then your final game that you've picked out, uh, Lewis. I don't really want to talk about it, so we'll move on. Um, uh, let's talk about it. Uh, Devils forty-eight, Kings thirty-four. Yeah, another another battle of the Titans, isn't it? It's a battle of of us three again, and uh, once again you've got us three involved because I was involved in referee in this this match. Um, not my finest moment as a, as an official, and, and I'll own up to that. But uh, a real a real testy. Um, match I thought uh, and, and, and very clean more more so than I expected considering um, you know how well how well how well all the Reading players know you in particular Jay um, but it was all nice and clean all the way through um, and, and pretty back and forth and I always felt like you were just about on the cusp of uh, of, of getting there uh, I don't know about how you felt but it was uh, I don't know I feel like 48-34 
looks worse than how I felt it was. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had, I've obviously had a lot of time to digest this with the with the hiatus that we've had, um, and I'm not going to speak to our defense because I don't think they had their best day. Um, and that's kind of all you had to say with that. I know I spoke to Holwell afterwards, who's the, for context, is the QB for the Devils. And I don't think at any point throughout the day he ever felt like they weren't going to score. So there's no discredit to give to them in that sense. I think there was a, a very relaxed feeling amongst that unit. But in terms of the way the game panned out, obviously I've, I've thrown a pick six to Heggs midway through that. So, okay, in theory, you knock a possession off the Devils there in the way that they've played. If we score with that possession, is it more even? Is that the difference? Because that's essentially, in, in terms of possessions, you can, you can call that a 14-point swing if you want to, and that makes it very even. Do, do I think the Kings have progressed since we played the Devils right at the start of last year? Yes, massively. 34 yeah. points against the Devils' defence. Um, and I don't think Hegarty will mind me mentioning this. It's a lot of points. Um, will that many points be scored again this year? I don't know. Um, I, I'd like to think probably not. Um, but we'll see. Obviously, they've got some tough games against Bucks and Flash again to play, and obviously they've got a, a few games against Exeter and Swansea. So, um, so yeah, my overall feeling of the game is we we probably progress as a club. I'm talking obviously the Kings right now. Um, I'm obviously pleased for Devils as an organisation because I think they they show themselves to be really really put together and um, mature in the game as well. I think uh, Chris Beckford is a boost to the squad that the rest of the South didn't need the Devils to have. Uh, nobody else is is thankful for that. Yeah, I'll yeah. definitely echo that. Um, he had two deep touchdowns very early in the game. I think it was on both of our first few possessions the, and that really just set the tone. I really felt like the wind was kind of taken out of the Kings at one point when they ground out a... Exeter Falcon style clawed eight plays to the end zone and scored. And then on first down, Holwell just launched up a, a a 50 yard bomb to Beckford down the sideline. One play, one score. And it's just like, Oh my God, like that. You looked like you worked so hard for that touchdown. And then the devils just came out one play score. Oh yeah. If we're talking about plays run, I think we probably doubled the devils on offense. You know, <laughs> you know and that's, it's part of flag. It's part of the maturing of uh, of a team, and I think um, we've definitely learnt some lessons over that. We didn't necessarily have the week weeks to correct it all before the next week, but um, yeah, look, that's part of the year, isn't it? You've, you've got to develop yourself as a team. But yeah, I, I I picked this one out because I definitely thought you know forty eight thirty four scoring 30, 34 points on the Devils is impressive, and and I did feel like uh, the Kings were closer than it looked, um, and the Devils felt like they had to keep scoring just in case. Yeah, although they did get a cheeky rotation in there, which annoyed me. <laughs> anyway, let's go right back up to the top then. So week two of the Premiership. And Luke, we're going to wake you up from your slumber for your uh, detailed analysis. <laughs> There's of, so uh, much. So much I don't get. I, I've actually been scrolling through, is it is it League Republic or Republic League or whatever it is, and looking. I mean, the, the table for this, this Division 1 is really exciting just going through it. I mean, this seems to be the only thing that sort of determines the placing seem to be defense more than it is offense. Cause there's a lot of really, really competently scoring teams here, basically from about, was it one, two, three, there's about seven or eight teams here that are putting up a good number of points. Is that, is that the feeling you guys get whilst playing in it? Um, I, I, uh, I think there are a lot of good offenses. I'd agree with you. I think there are a lot of good defenses out there, but because you end up with the Southwest series as a, as a sort of winter league and you end up with, like Kings have played Devils in a in a friendly preseason, and 
Um, you get these other little friendlies that go on between like Devils have played Bucks Wolves as well and, and mm. all these little things. Everybody knows each other's systems quite mm. well. Um, so, and the game planning... And, and Sharks are all kind of are all very geographically close and know a lot about each other. Yeah, so there's, I think there's a lot of... And I mean, the, the level of film, I will say, when I first started playing flag football coming from uni contact football, I was really surprised there was no film watching in flag football. But the level of film now that's acquired on every single team. I mean, Exeter are there every week with a tripod and film. They must film us getting dressed. You know, it's, <laughs> like it's, it's everything gets filmed by Exeter. Um, and you can buy it, it on their OnlyFans for 10 night <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we should say this, Home Alone, just to give you a shout out. Of, of the five people on this uh, panel, you are probably the only one with an OnlyFans, I believe. I'd say it's most likely in all odds. <laughs> Hashtag no get, home alone, get home alone to the Super Bowl was uh, was one of the uh, chants a few years ago. I um, tried, I raised zero money, so <laughs> that can tell you all you need to know about my OnlyFans. But yeah, it, uh, sorry, going back to your original question, Luke, which I'm sure wasn't about Home Alone's OnlyFans account. Um, we have uh, to link. We have to link this in the post we put up. This has to be all over Spotify. <laughs> let's let's bring it back. It's not dead yet. There's a Super Bowl next year. We can get you there. Yeah, sod talking about flag football. I want to know more about the OnlyFans account. <laughs> if you want to know more, message message Judo, and he will tell you so much you didn't want to know about Home Alone. It'll be absolutely outrageous. It'll be too much. It'll be it will be too much. Today. But you will buy content. Um, anyway, to answer your question, Luke, yes, there's a lot of good offences. I think there are a lot of good defences, but there's also just so much study now that goes on in that Division 1, which makes it super, super competitive. Um, and it is an offensively weighted game at the end of the day, right? You know, defense mm. has a hard job trying to stop anybody. Um, not that you would know that because you play for the smoke. Um, <laughs> with, with your with your revolutionary tactics, as we were discussing pre-show. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it's competitive league. Um, and then there's probably eight teams in there which on their day could actually run away with it. But, you know, it's and anybody's got a chance, which is, is good. It's what we want from the league. I think I think there's also a bit of a scheduling thing that goes on here because um, as I think it'll sort of average out as the these these four these points differences will average out over the mm. over the course of the year. Because I mean, you can there's there's a big difference I think between the top of each division and the bottom of each division. I think that's fair to say, um, and uh, some teams might have had an easier start to the year than others. Um, I mean, Exeter are probably one of them. We've had a chance to put up 50 points three times and you may not know us, but that doesn't happen. Um, so like I say, as the, as the year goes on, uh, I fully expect that that points difference to kind of even out a little bit as we get into some tighter games. I mean, I'm not looking forward to playing the Kings again. Two, two points of the difference is, no, thank you. I would much rather have Another fifty burger, please. Those easy games, because my heart can't take it. Cool. Okay, we will move on then to what is week two for the Premiership and week three for Division One. Then, and Luke will come back to you. So you picked out the Rebels versus Smoke game, uh, which we have down. Am I reading this correctly? Because I didn't check any of the Premiership results before this show. <laughs> Am I reading correctly that the Rebels beat the Smoke thirty-three to thirty-two? Yeah, that's right. That's right. They did. Um, the, the first thing you should know about this is that I wasn't there. And that's not... Uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, there we go. He's taken him a whole show and a half, ladies and gentlemen. But the first excuse has come out. He's one of us. 
I Excellent. He does one show on the pod, and suddenly he's the best player on the smoke. You know, guys, hey, they put me up here for the podcast because I'm the best. Um, but, but um, yeah, I've got a little boo-boo on my, on my left foot. So I unfortunately uh, wasn't, wasn't able to make this, this Baffer game day, which was very disappointing. Otherwise, I, I have no doubt I would have shared in my, my team's last one team, one dream. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, the thing you should also know from me saying that I wasn't there was that I don't really have much in-depth analysis here other than to say about this game, a, a massive and all due respect to the, the Rebels for coming out with the with the victory there. I can imagine that was a very, very exciting game and, and a huge amount of respect to them for putting up that score. Yeah, it's a huge difference from the first fixture. So it's gone from 55-24 to 33-32. I mean... One point difference, I, at that point it can go either way, I completely accept that, it's probably a case of who has had the ball last, I'm guessing, Luke? Um, I, I don't know. Uh... <laughs> wow, the in-depth, the in-depth knowledge but of this I'll, game. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say that I think, I think uh, or I know that we, we lost a player, I don't know at what point we lost one of our, our best defensive players, which is a shame, and, and Tyler out there wishing him a, a speedy recovery, he's a real lockdown corner for us and is just absolutely brilliant uh, at where he plays, um, and indeed elsewhere actually, I've seen him on now, he's brilliant, but uh, we lost him during the course of the game, and I understand that for a very short period, Charlie was injured as well, so I think when you combine that, I think the wins were, by the sounds of it, a little bit against us. But again, I really don't want to take away from a, a Rebels win there. Um, I'm sure it was very well deserved. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, if you, if you take Charlie out of the equation, no disrespect to any other QB on the uh, Smoke roster, but uh, that, is a, that is a different level take out of your rotation. So, um, yeah, I can see there being a difference. But full credit, you know, take opportunities where they come and Rebels have absolutely smacked it there. So uh, great win for them. And then the next fixture you pulled out was Victoria Park Panthers uh, 33 and Spartans 13. Yeah, I mean, look, here's, here's, here's another example of the depth of my analysis, which is basically exactly the same reason as I pulled out the other game, <laughs> which is that if you look at the previous fixture from week one, the Spartans beat VPP 33-20. Uh, so you've got 33-13 one way and then you've got 33-20 the other way so I think these seem to be fairly evenly matched teams and I, I don't know a lot about the Spartans you know I've played VPP I happen to know a couple of the guys that are on the team there so I know they've really got some dudes and I've, I've met a couple of the Spartans player in, uh, at King Bowl earlier this month so I'm really interested to see I don't know how many more fixtures they've got this year but really interested to see how that battle pans out and where both of those two kind of respectively end up at the end of the season um, seeming like fairly equally talented teams is it is it as classic for me to say, Home Alone and Lewis, that it's just the loss of uh, Chris Beckford to the Devils um, that the Spartans have played worse? Well, it's, unfortunately, I think it's a bit of an, an exodus at the moment because obviously they've lost Beckford and uh, it seems the rumours about Jeff are true that he's also hung, hung up his cleats um, and has left the sport. So that's two big names off the Spartans roster. Absolutely. I mean, those are... Yeah, you can't, you can't account for... Height and speed, right? And uh, they come in quantities with those two players. So, um, yeah, that's. I mean, it's big losses for for the Spartans. I hope. I hope the season doesn't tailwind as a result. But as you say, there, Luke, um, a complete reversal of the fixture. So, I think it will be interesting to see where those two teams end up at the, at the end of the year. It's a long season, though. We're only in week two. Um, cool. All right, we'll move on to the Premiership West then. So. Week three, a, you've got quite a few games here, Gareth. So uh, let's rattle through them. So Sharks 30, Titans 39. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm getting sick of losing to the Titans by single <laughs> digits, but uh, this this was a really good game. Um, we unfortunately were were missing Will Quigley and and Kate, and we had a few walking wounded from uh, various uh, tournaments like Sport Monda. So not not the team we would have perhaps wanted to have out against the Titans, but I thought we we acquitted ourselves well, gave them a really good game. Um, George Griffiths had a had a fantastic pick six. Titans, they're a very, very talented team. Um, give a few shout-outs, I thought, on, on offence. Uh, Sam Tibbles had a really, really good game. Rashad Bailey, he is, a, he is a classy player. There's probably not a better jump ball player in the Premiership. And the, the D is, is generally very well organised. And uh, they've got a couple of very, very strong defensive backs in Alex Towler, and uh, Antoine Richardson, who will who will fight for absolutely everything, um, and and they were they were deserving of the win. Um, we felt I think that the the ball bounced their way a little more than it bounced to ours. Some, sometimes literally, there was a a play where a ball managed to bounce off four players before hitting the floor. Um, but a, a really really good game, as it always is when the Sharks play the Titans. Um, but yeah, deserving winners I think the Titans in that one. And that raises an interesting question from my perspective, Gareth. And, and I'm sure Neil Henderson, in his infinite age, um, you see, I've got it in there. We nearly got through one. We nearly got through one. I'm wearing my QB wristband right now, and there's a few things we had to get in there. One was Home Alone's own, um, OnlyFans, and the other one was Neil's age. Right? <laughs> um, you can sponsor me next week to give you a, a proper shout out, and it'll go on the band. Um, yeah, no. In terms shout of out, if you want to drop them in something, he'll, he'll do that as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll cause chaos if you need me to. But no, uh, my actual question to you, Gareth, was: you know, is there? I, I appreciate the advantages to going and playing these broad tournaments mid-season, but especially with the schedule as packed as it is this year, playing something like Sport Munda Bowl and, and King Bowl, and, and potentially having that risk of injuring players with with quite hectic days of flag um, in these tournaments then followed up by playing really intense games um, in the Premiership. Is it is it the best idea? Do you think they hampered you? Would, would you have done it differently in a different situation? Um, I don't know. I, th- I think everybody who... This is a bit of a shout-out to Sport Mondeville, but everybody who went there said that it was just the best organised tournament they've been to. I've had people tell me that, that they'd go to that one over Big Bowl. Um, you know, it's... What's come back from Sport Mondeville is that they had just the best time. And that's kind of what flags about, isn't it? I mean, I wouldn't. We we had a similar situation a few years ago where Corey and I both got injured at Big Bowl. Would I have not gone to Big Bowl? No, it was a fantastic experience, and it's unfortunate. But you know that maybe it's more on us for not having the the squad depth to cover it. But you know, when you lose a player like Will Quigley, you do you do lose something in your team. Um, he's not easily replaceable. Against Cardiff and well, against North Hants, he may have made the difference. Uh, against Cardiff, not so much. No, and and I can appreciate that. Um, and I notice it's it's not one of the games you've pulled out. What was the score, Hurricanes uh, Sharks? Uh, 54-6. It was we were ineffectual on offense, and they were just better than us in every aspect of the game. No, fair enough. And I can I can appreciate your uh, your pre-show uh, 
uh, moaning, <laughs> shall we say. Um, I'll bring us swiftly back down. I thought what said pre the show stays pre the show. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm getting a bit oh, worried now. That's poor, Jay. Poor, I'm, poor. I'm, I'm crossing, <laughs> the, uh, crossing the barrier there, aren't I? Don't worry, Gareth. I'll edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> I forget I'm uh, powerless to what, uh, what Lewis decides stays. Um, anyway, let's move on. Hurricane Supers then thirty-four to six. Why? Why this game of all games? I'll, I'll just, I'll just. This, this is a brief shout out to the Supers. The Supers in in both weeks have had a half of football where they've been absolutely superb, and the first half against the Hurricanes, they were every part Cardiff's equal. Um, it was seven nil to the Hurricanes at the half, and it took the Hurricanes a good five six minutes in the second half to to really wrestle control of this one, and it was almost akin to the sort of Aston Villa. Uh, Man City game at the at the weekend where the Hurricanes took a long time to show their true class, but when they did, they scored quickly. Um, but I thought the Supers in the first half were were sensational, particularly defensively. They didn't let Cardiff have an inch. Um, particularly blitzing was absolutely superb. Probably about five or six pass deflections from from the blitzer. And then again, I'm going to ask you a follow up question. Why only? Why do you think, in your opinion? It's only a half of football that's spectacular, and what what happens in the second half? Well, in in this case, in this case, the Hurricanes got their act together. Right. Um, in in the in the match against Chichester, it took uh, a fortunate pick six followed by a safety to turn it round. So, I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to them. They're 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 zero and five at the moment, but they have played some really good football, um, and I hope to see them get a win at some point this year provided of course it's not against us yeah absolutely and we've got some we've got some cross-conference games to come i'm sure soon so um there'll be an opportunity to play some sides that maybe they're more um more on paper uh, expected to win i would say mm. um especially with some of the form of the other with the other divisions coming into this cool well uh move on to your next game then so cougars uh beating titans by six is what i've got written down in front of you that's the note you gave me yeah so 31 25 i did look it up in the end um this was this was a fantastic game i i I caught glimpses of it as i was refing the hurricane supers but uh i i joined the refing crew for the last sort of five minutes and oh it was it was an exciting last five minutes um they had you, you had a you had a pick six from John Kamara. Um, Kieran Eaton got loose right at the end to win them the game. It was it was frantic. It was end to end. Obviously, both of these teams come with with good levels of support as well. So that that created quite the atmosphere. Um, both teams were were desperate to win it, particularly the Cougars who who had some outstanding performances from from both of the Eatons. And I, I think it's. I think it's Josh Madden, number twenty-two. He yeah. was he was just prepared to put his body on the line to win this one, um, and and the Titans, for for how good and how much I've talked about how well organised their defence is, and I don't think they'll mind me saying this because you know they were talking about it afterwards. It it went it went wrong for them. They they were missing coverages, um, and and they they really really lost it. In the in the last few minutes, and, and let Coventry pull away. Um, not that Coventry weren't deserving, because if you, if you don't put a team like the Cougars away and you you let them in, they will take advantage of it, and and they were superb. 
Yeah, I, I caught a few of the, um, the highlights on social media from the from the Cougars end, and obviously it'll be um, edited in a in a in a way that they'll pick their best plays. But I did see some fantastic footwork from uh, from Ben Eaton as well in there, which I, I'm always appreciative of. Of if you can get around a blitzer and, and generate big plays off of that, then that, that's such a huge advantage. Um, so yeah, big result for the Cougars, and 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 you could see it as being one that might decide something de- later down the line. I'd say. Yeah, well, it, it means that the Cougars are currently second in the division with three and two. So it's a, it's a big result and it, it really puts them back in the mix because, you know, we've been talking about North Hans or Chichester for that second place. But right now it's held by Coventry. Yeah, and that's and that's yeah, it's, it's, it's a shock from what we predicted right at the start of the year. But I think full credit to Coventry in that instance. Absolutely. Um, and then final game that you had highlighted out here was Hurricanes 18, Titans 7. So I uh, we, we went home at halftime because of dinner. Um but, what did you have for dinner? <laughs> I had a I had a pizza, Jay. Lovely, it was lovely. Yeah, it was. What great. did you have on your pizza? Oh, there was there was prosciutto, salami, all, all the meats. It was great. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, anyway, flag football. <laughs> yeah. So at halftime, it was it was Titans seven, Hurricanes six. Um, they'd sorted out all the the defensive woes from the game against the Cougars, and I, I think wanted a, a modicum of revenge. Um, and, and they seem to match up quite well against the Hurricanes in, in comparison to other teams. Um, possibly the best touchdown I've ever seen uh, from Ollie Tibbles. He, he moved like Shorty and he's, he's, a, he's a tall guy. And uh, he stood up no less than three Cardiff defenders, including finally Joe Cottrell, um, to sprint in at the corner. But he, he must have come from, you know, uh, 30, 40 yards out. It was an absolutely superb run. Um, Cardiff obviously got their act together a bit more in the second half, scored two touchdowns and, and pulled away. Um, they were short at some players uh, for this game day. They didn't have Costas with them. But, uh, you know, Titans seem to like to give the Hurricanes a good scare. And it's it's almost a shame that we won't get to see Titans-Hurricanes again this season until potentially the playoffs. Um, but right now, Titans aren't in, in play for the playoffs because of that loss to Coventry. No, absolutely. Um, it's one of those games that if we could play it three times, I think we probably would have it, right? Because we just always feel like it's slightly close to, to edging into a different result. Um, I, I guess my, my final follow-up question, Gareth, I know I've picked on you specifically here quite a lot. Um, how did... I know I know Hurricanes adopted some of the, uh, the button hookers players over um, with that news coming out. Did any of those guys feature and, and did they look well integrated is it a case of they've just gone from one system to the other straight away or is there a bit of a learning curve going on do you think i think there's a bit of a learning curve there were there were certain instances in in many of cardiff's games where there were excessive drops certainly for for the hurricanes and what we usually expect of them um steve mongi obviously one of the, the the cream of the crop perhaps for the button hookers he was there for for cardiff um and he had he had some moments where he showed what a classy player he is but there were moments where he wasn't on the same page as Joe. So I'm sure that will come in time, the more they play together. Um, but it's it's yet another fantastic weapon for an already prolific offence. Oh, it's an absolutely stacked team, we have to say that. Um, but interesting to know that it's, you know, sometimes with these great football players, you, you almost think it's just automatic. They'll just get on page straight away. And uh, yeah. it's nice to know they're human. I think he's probably what I'm he's coming not to. The, he's not the only one as well. They, they have three or four button hookers now who are part of the squad. And I've, I've seen a couple of them across the two game days. They are also very competent flag football players. 
Yeah, of course. I'm not trying to. I'm not actually trying to drop you in anything this time. Oh no, I promise. Someone say super team. <laughs> yes. <laughs> cool. Okay, so that is the Premiership done. So if you're not interested in Division One, by all means, uh, uh, you can stop listening. Uh, but Division One East, then week three, uh, Home Alone. You've pulled out the Flash Wolves game, so you've got thirty-two twenty-six to the Flash. Yes, I think this. Um on the division one slate was probably going to be game of the week had we done a podcast for this game day um before um and i think it lived up to sort of all the expectations that a lot of people had for it um i personally was playing so reached out to brian and callum um in regards to this also judo as well who decided to watch that game instead of our own um (laughs) did he did he know that he was watching the wrong game He did, yeah, and he's getting very into it, so maybe question his loyalties. <laughs> I could just see him there with like a half-and-half half Flash Wolves top. Um, yeah, he, he was in a Reading jersey with a beer in hand, so classic judo, I feel. <laughs> but in terms of the game then, how did, how did, what was the summaries from, uh, from both camps? Um, so I think they both thought it was very even um, and a really good game um, from both sides, they said great respect to the other team um but the game started off with the wolves taking a 14-0 lead um i believe they scored to open the game then intercept got an interception and then quickly scored off of that um but in the words of brian the game kind of turned on its head when andy horton got a pick six from the blitzer spot batting a pass catching it and returning it he did that twice on the day um another time against chichester so a big shout out for that because it's not easy to do um and offer this to Flash um, rallied up to about 1914. Um, but then the Wolves sort of answered back, followed by another Flash score. Um, but the game was kind of concluded really with an interception by the Flash um, up by six points, which they then converted into a score. Um, so that really was the end of that game. Um, with only about a minute and a half left, the Wolves then kind of got a consolation. But from all, all accounts, it's a really good game and a very good advertisement for flag football. So my immediate question, again, following on from my, you know, what do we think of the Wolves uh, gambit earlier home alone to you is, do we think in the reverse fixture, the Wolves have got a chance of beating the Flash? I, I certainly do. Um, I, I think they have they've sort of maybe made some mistakes they'd like back. Um Judo mentioned they had a couple drops. I don't know when they come, but I think it's never going to help setting yourself back against a competent team like the Flash. Um, I I think they'll be very much backing themselves to go out and get a win. Whether that would be the case, I I don't know. I think, like I say, the Flash is still a very good team um, and seemingly getting better with each game day. But I, I think the Wolves will believe themselves, and I personally believe they have got the potential to go out and get a win. So... I'll be really looking forward to seeing that game. Brilliant. Okay, and then the the next note you give me, you haven't given me any more games, but what you have given me is the words special shout-out segment. Um, Do tell. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't have any details from the Sharks. um, Waveney game, which was very close and very high-scoring, so I I do apologise for that. But definitely a special shout-out to Waveney, um, picking up their very first win against the Berkshire Renegades. Obviously a tough day for the Renegades, but Waveney did fight really well um, and come up winners. So your first baffle win is always one of note. So I think it definitely deserves a special shout out. Absolutely. Um, well done. 
And on the topic of interceptions, I've got to give a shout out to Toby Seal, who got five interceptions, returning one of those for a score in that game against the Renegades. Um, for those who don't know, he did play for them, so maybe they thought it was an old training session, but to set the ball five times in any game is definitely worth the note. So that will cover my special shout outs for the week. If if I could if I could jump in home alone with just a couple more, go for it. Um, one that I promise I've promised to do for a very long time. Ben Shaw, who's been with the the Chichester Sharks for many years, scored his first ever league touchdown. So kudos, Ben. This was part well of the done, deal. Ben. Um, also, um, Pete Steele and Andy Jenkins coming out of retirement for the B team. Uh, for those of you who've played Andy, you know that he runs around the pitch like a madman. 110% on every single play. We hope your broken fibula recovers quickly. Oh dear, that doesn't sound so good. No, speedy recovery and uh, and great performances there for, for Toby. Well done, Waveney. Um, and uh, well done, Ben, for your first touchdown as well. Cool. Okay. Uh, is that everything from you, Home Alone? Anything else to add from your special shout-out segment? That is all from me. Fantastic. Then let's get into Division One West, and in, and you can feel some reluctance in my voice here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, let's start with the Hammerhead Gators game. I think that's nice and uh, that's nice and uh, a bit of foreplay. Yeah, uh, neutral. Uh, 40... is... Yeah, neutral. No, neutral. Neutral. Uh, Forty-three thirty-six to the Hammerheads. So what a game this was, and um, uh, the, the again another one of those ones where the, the score might belie um, perhaps just how comfortable Hamed looked in this because they certainly came out looking comfortable, and I don't know what happened, but the Hammerheads shot out of the gate to a twenty-four nil start, mm. um, and somehow the Gators managed to turn that into thirty-six all uh, somewhere halfway through the second half so the comeback was magnificent um and the gators start to believe and everything everything just tightened up a little bit everyone everyone started being a bit more twitchy and is now focusing up just a little bit more and yeah really uh really good really good close game by after what was expect what what um looked like was going to just be a, a blowout uh, suddenly became a really tight game. Unfortunately for the Gators, uh, the Hammerheads did manage to tighten it up at the end um, and, and close on on a touchdown uh, to, to take the win. But yeah, looked like it was going to be a blowout turned into a really competitive fixture. So well yeah. done to both teams. I was shocked when I came back from Tesco's uh, to find out that this was a score because I left at half time thinking that game was done. Um, yeah. And, and came back to complete confusion as to how the Gators managed to put 36 points up and, and how close it was. So, I mean, fair play to the Gators, and uh, and we're not going to cover it in this section, but they obviously beat the Kings as well. They had a really good day, and I think from, a, from a, again, we're looking at clubs developing over a period of time point of view. The Gators are a team that's come on really, really well over the last 18 months, I'd say. And Dale's doing a really good job with that unit over there. Um, they've got some players that are doing some fantastic things. The scheme is really, really tight now. Yeah. Um, and it's got again, some diversity to it on both sides of the ball, which I really, really think is, is, is good. Again, the gate is missing a few people. Uh, Chris Bartlett leg wasn't present. Um, and uh, Andy Gibney's in a boot, so he wasn't playing at all. No Lee. Um, but uh, Liam did a really good job. And I mean, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Matt Burke is very good at football. 
Um, and, yeah, and he's I, quite good. Uh, but Liam actually did a really good job of spreading the ball around enough that teams had to play it honestly. Because if you just double teamed Matt, then he'll find the open person. So you have to play it honestly, and it gave Matt a lot of a lot of one on one opportunities. Cool. We will move on to the next game then. Uh, uh, what do we pick? What do we pick? What do we pick? Let's sh- let right. We'll stay with the Gators, shall we? And it, se- it seems harsh that we're picking on the two Gators losses here, and that's why I'm trying to give them the shout out for beating the Kings. Um, but we've got Gators twenty six, Coyotes thirty two. Yeah, um, this is more of a, a, a kudos to the Coyotes who had a very successful weekend. Um, we've only picked out one of their games, but for the first time um, in their uh, existence, the Coyotes went to a game day and didn't lose a single game. So f- fair play to you guys. Uh, unfortunately, I was playing during this game, so I didn't actually see it, but I did manage to catch the, the game-winning play well i saw them all celebrating after the game winning play um uh, and yeah came back to the sideline and was like did 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 the coyotes just upset the gators and everyone was like yeah um so kudos to them that 32 26 looks like a tight game it looks like sounded like it went right the way down to the last play um and they were certainly uh very happy um and elated and all celebrating on the pitch when when that final whistle went um so yeah, three and zero on the day. Fair play, fair play, Cardiff Bay. I saw briefly Matthew Tynan for a bit, and the the smile on his face was ridiculous. <laughs> I've never seen a bloke so happy. Um, so no, absolutely massive shout out to uh, Cardiff for for three wins. That is uh, as a program. Again, we talk about building and developing, especially in Div- Division One, a lot. Um, that is a big, big thing for a team to be able to go undefeated on a game day for the first time. So massive congratulations. Next game, then, Lewis. Which one do you want to talk about first? Uh, well, I feel like it's up to you, mate. I don't know how you know how do you want to play this? Do you want to get the worst of it out of the way? Um, or... No, no, no. I like I like I like to be um, I like to be punished last, really. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about Hammerhead's Kings, shall we? Yeah, let's let's go let's go. Good news for you. This was a great game. Uh, again, I wasn't. Um, I was playing during this game, um, so I didn't see all of it, but uh, just about managed to get off our pitch and come over to the sideline um, to see your uh, emphatic game-winning play. Tell us more about the rest of the game, Jay. Um, so I think... I'm trying to remember what happened. I've, 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 I've banished it all from my memory. <laughs> um, I think it was pretty much backwards and forwards for the first half. Um, I think Kings were... We had the ball in with about 25 seconds to go in the first half um, on the, uh, let's call it the 20-yard line going in. Um, caught a ball inbounds, no timeouts left. Uh, tried to spot the ball quickly. Ref did a good job spotting the ball. I couldn't get Kenny, who's our centre's flag, back in his uh, plug uh, quickly enough and the time expired. So that put us uh, a possession down where we could have used one. Uh, second half was a lot of... Uh, backwards and forwards, very little stopping on either side, I would say. If there was stops, I can't remember them. Um, and then, yeah, it came down to the final play. Hammerhead scored with, I want to say, about a minute left on the clock, and we had two timeouts. Um, so that put them up by five, I believe. Um, we manoeuvred the ball into a position where we got over halfway, uh, but the clock got to a point where the clock, we had about seven, 
no, it was 14 seconds. We had two shots to the end zone. So we took one shot. Um, and I personally think it was some DBI, DPI. The ball was uncatchable, apparently. So um, we didn't get the call. So we're, 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 we're then throwing the ball in with no timeouts. One play, basically, from the 20-yard line going in. Um, and Lewis, you were on the sideline for that, so you can you can sort of talk us through the play. Uh, well, I was I was wandering over just as I saw um, just I, I couldn't couldn't tell you who it was, but a, a, a black shirt and a purple shirt both go into the ground um, in in the end zone, and, and the rush of purple shirts uh, onto the pitch cheering um, cheering the what I took to mean was the game winning play. Yeah, so what we have is, uh, so we, we, we threw a two QB pass just to give, a, uh, give ourselves a bit of extra time um, based on the way that we knew how ahead to play it earlier in the game. They didn't rush the second guy, so we knew we would have a bit more time to play with doing that. Um, you've got Paul Camps going up between two defenders, two Swansea defenders to get the ball. Um, in that really lovely way, the ball bounces off of all three pairs of hands back up into the air over someone. And Dave Weir is, is very happily standing there by himself in the end zone <laughs> and the ball falls to him. Um, at this point, by the way, the refs had told me that we were six points down. So as far as I was concerned, we we tied the game up and I had all the defence run onto the field and, and celebrate. And I wrongly shouted at them to get off because I had to run an extra point play to try and win the game. I was obviously wrong in that estimation, but... Um, so yeah, and then we ran the extra point play and scored, and then we thought we'd actually won it. Um, so yeah, but apparently 34-32. So very dramatic way to win a game. I think of all the three games over the weekend, I, probably was the, was the one that we deserved to uh, to lose actually. Um, but hey ho, that's that's flag for you sometimes. So yeah, got away with one there, and uh, um, like I, I sort of said pre-show, a, a massive step up from our defense from a point of view of a. Uh, of where we were two weeks ago. Um, yeah, 32 points against Ash. I, I know Coop's hurt his hand, so he wasn't playing a lot of offense. Um, but they've still got a lot of weapons on that team. They've still got Ash moving the ball around. So, yeah, I was pleased with that. Yeah, Alex Thomas made his debut for the season as well. So they were uh, certainly in their, in, the, in their game against the Gators that I was refing. Um, they were very pleased to have him back and they, they targeted him quite a lot. So a, a big boon for their offense this week. Yeah, I mean, well, Craig will, will, will shoot me for not saying it. Uh, we do seem to play teams when they've brought in their X-Factor player back. We've played the Devils <laughs> when they brought Holwell back. We've got Alex Thomas for Hammerheads. Um, yeah, we've got a bit of a trend for that, so I'm sure uh, you know we'll play the Renegades, and they'll have signed um, uh, Ocho Cinco or someone random <laughs> like that. You know, like it's just it's the way our season's going. So um, with that, let's move on to uh, the Falcons Kings game. Yeah, 26-24 was the end of it, and it was um, well more or less certainly for, certainly for us as an offense the, the last throw of the game. Um, was what got it to us. Uh, started out quite close. I think you guys went up early. Um, I'm not. I don't. You, you scored quite easily. I think on your first um, on your first drive must have been two or three passes. There was a lovely corner route to, to Simon Love out of the centre. Um, that was a nice pass. Oh yeah, and then the BBC route. Yep. <laughs> big boy corner, obviously. Big boy corner. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know what else it would be. <laughs> I'll get my mind out of the gutter. Um, it's on Home Alone's OnlyFans, if you want to know more. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it was then Chris that uh, that got into the end zone. I know I know he did at one point get tripped up by a player and then still caught the ball. Um, yeah, that, which was that pretty was... impressive. 
yeah, that was very impressive. Again, Ed, Ed in coverage on um, on Chris and uh, a tangle of feet, and they both went clattering to the ground, and Chris still managed to to snag it. So yeah, he had a very a very impressive outing on the day. Um, uh, but yeah, at one point, uh, yeah, as, as as we alluded to earlier, uh, I think I went into a bit of panic mode, kind of got away from got away from the plan a little bit and you know we went down early by a score and tried to force the ball downfield a little bit um and through a, a brace of uh of interceptions you're welcome Andrew Cragg um I'd also mention as well that uh Alex Wasaki the blitzer had a great game uh, I think I think he got one sack on me on the day but I mean his pressure was just crushing it certainly felt his presence in this game um so very well done to him uh and and keeping the pressure on me and forcing some pretty rubbish throws and you know maybe uh maybe crag can can buy him a pint for at least one of those interceptions um but so yeah for us two scores down then after a couple of after a couple of interceptions but um kudos to our defense because some of those interceptions at least, at least one of those interceptions had you on our ten-yard line, with four chances to score, and uh, and they stonewalled you and kept you out, which was huge because that kept us in the game. Um, and we, uh, yeah, valiantly clawed back from two scores down. We had, uh, yeah, can't remember how. I think it was one minute twenty left in the game. Um, we had Ed out there. We had Will out there. Two of our fastest receivers. We put Paul out there. One of our tallest receivers. Um, and saw Ed flash open across the middle of the field, and I put it up on the post. And it wasn't an easy, wasn't a, wasn't a perfect pass, wasn't an easy catch for him. Broke a tackle and and sprinted it in for the end zone. And I'll be honest, I thought we scored way too too quickly, and I think it gave you about a minute um, a minute left on the clock to to come back. Um, so that was that was the offense doing its bit, and then uh, getting getting ourselves ahead. Um, and then the defense had to do their thing to to kind of close it out and stop you. And poor old uh, poor old Joe Bishop had been picked on a little bit um, throughout the game, but Joe was there and made made the game winning tackle. So kudos to Joe. Yeah, really really tight, really tense, and heart in the mouth moment for us. Um, and I'm really really proud of the guys to for pulling it out. Very good. Cool. Uh, in terms of our bold predictions, then I'll move us back to uh, a few weeks ago. Um, I had Titans to beat Hurricanes. That's not come off. Did anybody else have their bold prediction come off? Oh, Mine almost did. Mine was more or three teams to score seventy points. I think we got two teams doing it, so just a little bit too bold. I was bloody close though. Nearly <laughs> there. And let me just check. Not quite. The Kings ruined it for me. I had that the Devils would win all their games by three scores, and I think the Kings just kept it within two. Um, but they won all their other games by three scores. Um, and you know what else? My rants are working. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, right, first first week, Exeter, they didn't lose. Second week, Reading, they didn't lose. And I promise you, and I'm not going to take credit for this, but I promise you, the show that never was... The rant that I was working on was the Coyotes. <laughs> and clearly, I don't even need to rant. Clearly, the football gods hear what I'm thinking and just it disperses through the ether. 
So if you want but, three wins in your next game day, just getting Gareth's good books. No, oh, getting Gareth's bad books. Well, I was going to ask him to do me a favour and just do it for the Kings next week. Off a few fixtures we've had. Let, let me check your fixtures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> check check out if you want to uh, put your name to that. Um, yeah, you, and and you also don't want to waste your 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 good luck wish from Gareth on on teams on games <laughs> that you should be winning anyway. Uh, I'm sure Gareth will uh, will will back us in uh, in more than one fixture if I need him to. Um, and Luke, did your uh, your bold prediction come off? Uh, I had two. I'm pretty sure on the extra points one, no, not even close. And then you know, obviously my guys over at, at Red Storm, um, you know, they got pumped up based on the prediction. I know that they did their best, and I think they came in with 18 points, which wasn't quite the 40 that I predicted them. We've had a chat. They're fixing things. I'm very much expecting to do it next time, but that's not going to be my bold prediction. They they ruined Lewis's prediction by scoring very early on against the uh, yeah. the Bucks Wolves and some fantastic catches. And they also went ahead against the Sharks in that game. They they're improving. They're definitely improving, and they they made some big plays that day that game day. Yeah, like I, I say, did... I've been given a bit of advice, you know, just doing what I can for them, and I'm I'm not surprised at all. You know, they're a great well, team, were... they're great places. Now that they've got the smoke's best player helping them out, <laughs> like I say, are, you, are, you, are you sharing those uh, those super? So, I, I mean, like look. I got an absolute earful for not predicting. I, I don't know if it was the flash in predict to win. I think I said that they might be in some high scoring games because you know the defense might potentially struggle, and that was more out of me forgetting who was on the squad more <laughs> than anything else <laughs> and trying to have some analysis and like literally after seeing some of them for about two minutes started getting it in the neck so um, a big shout out for them for being was it 7-0 and at the moment and you know I, I, I'm put back in my place and, and full well expect them to, uh, to, to, go, to go win it I think win the division this year and then last point really Gareth and I'm not going to full rant but I'm going to do a mini rant we had a gentleman's agreement, right, on the basis that you would beat Cardiff. Right, just, <laughs> just a challenge. I, I, I had a week off for it. Mm. Yeah, I thought, and, and, and do you know what? I even gave you a couple of bites at the cherry. This is true. With the, with the week off, we had two opportunities. Um, what I will say about the first time we played them, it was it was 41-12. It shouldn't have been 41-12. We had three or four dropped fourth down touchdowns in the end zone. Well, what one was... One was uh, called out of bounds that was dubious, could have been called either way. Really should have been about 41-30. They were better than us, but the score didn't reflect it. What happened yesterday, uh, 54-6, we're lucky they only scored 54. Um, completely and totally outclassed by them. So uh, they are they are without doubt the best team in the Southwest. Um don't have to see him again for the rest of the year. So that's nice. Relax. Every silver lining. Absolutely. Cool. Well, returning next week, there will be more proper challenges. That's all I can say. Gone, <laughs> are, gone are the days of me giving uh, consolation challenges out to you. Um, if you can't deliver, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Was it, I, missed, I missed and you blew it. I missed the wrong part of this. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not as classy as Gareth to have prepared anything, Luke. That's my problem here. <laughs> but essentially, all I just wanted to convey was that I'm pretty annoyed with them because they should have I just was... beaten, obviously, the best team in the country right now. <laughs> it's pretty classy to call it a rant, I think, actually. Though. I think I'll give you that one there. We just didn't want one of, one of Jay's usual Chichester challenges that involves, like, me throwing a touchdown through my legs to <laughs> Neil or something. 
when we're playing the Hurricanes. We we wanted to actually focus. Um, yeah, I think we've I think we've only ever completed one of Jay's challenges, so it's not it it doesn't happen often that we make him happy. No, but it's it's the thought that counts that you might do it. And and there's people out there that are watching that you know I've literally got tens of messages as I've said um, of people <laughs> expecting you to do these things. Well, if it and, makes and you, you feel any better, Jay, we did actually try to do this one, unlike half your challenge. <laughs> well, yeah, there, yeah, no, there's we yeah, just absolutely get thrown in the bin the day before the game. <laughs> This 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 is a question for me actually. I was going to ask why why don't we have any sponsors other than an OnlyFans account, and also why what who who are our biggest fans out there? I'm I'm keen to know who who do we consider because I I mean I at, haven't got any messages. At this point, guys. at this point, I should point out that the show is sponsored by New Ola, um, mm. you know, for all your flag football needs. Continue. New I think Ola. our biggest fans at this point are um, uh, Red Storm. Luke, just purely on the basis that you're just like their fanboy. Why? Well, I, I, I do expect, I do, I do. Sorry, accept free merch based on the fact that I'm not paid for this. So, uh, Redstorm, have you got any teas? Let me know. The I obviously listeners as well. Yeah, I get a lot of messages from the Hammerhead, Hammerheads. As you can imagine, I get a lot of hate from everyone else just because. <laughs> why not? No, I feel I, like I everyone don't, I... listens to it just to get motivation to come and beat us. But that, that's I, it. I think people don't know how hard it is to get together and, and make these bold predictions and put a target on your back. I don't think people realise the kind of pressure we're under. You could have you, you just stopped a get-together, to be honest, mate, because we spent two weeks where we couldn't find time. So if you too would like pressure of making a bold prediction, send them in, and the best one will receive a free subscription to Home Alone's OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> Give them and something that... they actually want, at least. No, we all want that. We all want that. Anyway, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we will wrap up the show. We promise we'll be back for a proper prediction show for week four and week three, respectively, for each division. Um, but for now, I've been Jay Ballamy, joined by Lewis Phillips, Gareth Price, Ryan Homelow, McKeveney, and Luke Warm Champion. And we'll catch you next time. That wraps up this episode. Find us on Facebook at First and Fifteen Podcast. Give us a like to keep up with all of our shows. Also, check out our sponsor, Nuola, for all your customised sportswear supplies.